sit back, relax, and let the sissy whisper educate your soul. Hello, 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 and happy 420. If you're watching this on the day of premieres, then yes, it is 420. So happy 420 to everybody. I have my little Bobo. This is this is my buddy. I have had him for about four years. I got him at Tybee Island in Georgia, and he's just, isn't he adorable? He's my little Rasta troll. His name is Bobo. So anytime you're ever talking to me live and I say I'm about to go hit up on Bobo, you know what's going on. So how is everybody doing? I hope everybody is having a wonderful time. Um, myself, doing pretty well. Just, you know, busting away on the training site, trying to get that going. Um, uh, before we get started, I do want to say that this has been a very interesting month since the last podcast up to this one, only because I find it very ironic that um, the podcast is going to be, that is titled, Sissifying the Cis White Male. For some reason, now I've had, I've, during this month, I've had um, some run-ins with a couple of privileged males a couple of privileged cis white males that I've had to put into their place. And it's been very interesting. It's, it's, it's kind of fun that that's happened. So it kind of gave me a little more fodder for the podcast and we'll get into that. Um, also, I want to let you know that um, you can talk to me live. I've had a couple here on YouTube and others email me asking how they could talk to me live. So let me just make sure I put this out there. You could talk to me live. You could go to ameliadevine.com, click on talk to me live, and you will be able to read my toss rules that I have on there. The reason why I bring that up is because I had to add those during my interesting month. This is the last podcast, but read my toss rules and you will be able to either dial me direct or if, and you can only dial me direct if you're in the U.S. or Canada. Um, if you're not in the U.S. or Canada or you want to just chat or text, you can always contact me through premium chat. I have web call and texting through premium chat. Those are the ways that you can contact me if you prefer a different platform and not calling direct, even though that is my preference. However, I am on Night Flirt and I'm also on Sext Panther. So just look up Amelia Divine and you will find me. Um, also with the training sites, let me tell you how that's going. It's, it's been a um, adventure doing the training site and I'm getting it built up. I'm really kind of proud of me. It's doing well. I finally, after tweaking and playing and screaming and pulling half of my hair out, finally got to the point to where I know what I'm doing. So now I can just get the pages up and running and get them all set up. And then I can start uploading some videos and audios and tasks and open it up for membership. And I'm very excited about that. I think I'm still on track technically. I mean, it is April now and I said beginning of summer. So I think I'm still on track. I'm kind of proud of myself. Also, the announcement is I've had to kind of change a couple of things on there. It's kind of going a different direction than I wanted it to go. Um, but through some advice, and I think it's some really good advice, I'm going to have two types of forums. I'm going to have a public forum, which will be free for anybody to join. And then I'm going to have a membership forum. Now, the public forum is going to be limited. It's not going to be something that you could just 
throw up a thousand topics and all of that stuff. It's not going to work that way. Um, and also, I will not be very active on that public forum. So just saying, I'm going to be taking care of those who respect my knowledge, my time, my wisdom, and my energy. It's just how that goes. All right. So episode 20 on 420. Grab a smoke, sit back, relax, because I'm about to penetrate your soul. Episode 20, Sissifying the Cis White Male. Okay, it's going to be very, very interesting. Before we get started, I have received a few emails that have been um, interesting, to say the least. And I'm not going to repeat them here on the podcast. Most of them I just deleted because I don't care. However, there was one that I did respond back to, and I did keep it. I am not going to use the person's name because I don't think they wanted me. I don't think they want to have their name read. Um, I don't think it was really meant for the podcast. However, you emailed me. It's kind of public domain by then, so just saying. So I'm going to read the email, and I will also give you a little overview of my response, but I think this is going to be a perfect way to kick off this episode. All right? So the emails. States, I understand the, the use cis as shorthand for people that are generally conforming to expectations. The problem with applying labels to any specific person is that a lot of presumption is involved. The person applying the label to the apparent, apparently cis male may think they know a lot about the person when they may not. There are many reasons a person might appear conforming at first glance, but have many layers. All right, I do see where this email is going, and I did email to let them know that. However, there are some flaws in this email. First off, cis is actually short for cisgender. Cisgender is... It means identifying to the gender and gender roles you are assigned at birth. So it's not a um, shorthand or anything. It's just, you know, short for cisgender and it's an actual term. Now, when it says identifying to the gender or gender role from birth, it basically means when you're born and they say you're a male, then you're a little boy, grow up to be a teenage boy, grow up to be a grown man. Um, you have the male responsibilities, um, living very much in the whole nuclear world of male. And it's the same thing with female. So when you're identifying to the gender that you were assigned at birth and you're identifying to that gender role at birth, that's what cisgender is. And that's what we're discussing today. We're discussing the cis white male. <clears throat> so we're discussing the white male who has... Um, accepting and is living uh, the gender that the gender and gender role that they were assigned at birth. Now the other thing too is that I'm saying cis white male and there's a reason why I'm saying cis white male. There's actually a few reasons why I'm saying cis white male. First off, unfortunately even though I have been doing this since um, 2006 I have come across very few members of the BIPOC community that indulge in sissification or cross-dressing or male feminization or even ABDL. It's just a rarity 
I myself have not come across it. Not saying that there's not any out there. It's just I could count on one hand in my almost 20 years of how many of the BIPOC community have um, either indulged or openly indulged or at least told me about it. So that gets my knowledge of the BIPOC community and cisification to be extremely, extremely small. Also, it doesn't really reflect on what the topic is going to be because if you're a member of the BIPOC community, you are not top of the food chain. And when I say top of the food chain, I mean the main powers that be that are in charge. And we'll get into that. <clears throat> now, I also say the white male because, like I said, the main powers in charge, the cis white male has been the one that has been pushing a lot of the toxic masculinity that is around today. The cis white male has been the colonizer. The cis white male has been um, the ones that started the war. Um, the cis white male has basically run this world. And so the cis white male has so much privilege that it's just overwhelming. They are top of the food chain. And as we get into this podcast, before we start getting any deeper into this podcast, I'm going to put up there that you, you listening to this podcast, whether you came across it because you follow me or you came across it just because it says cis white male and you were curious, there may be some triggers in here. And if there are triggers in here, before you start coming back to yell at me, which, you know, you have every right to come back and yell and scream. Most likely I'll ignore you. Um, and even delete the comment if it's rude. I don't engage publicly online. That's just not what I do. Um, but before you come back to start yelling at me because you were triggered by something, I want you to start thinking about why you were triggered. What triggered you? And think about why you would be so angry over it. Because... I am not going to say anything that's going to be uh, just made up and negative because I want to get my you know, jollies off degrading you. I'm going to lay out the truth. The truth is the cis white male has been the colonizer. The cis white male has been the suppressor, the oppressor. The cis white male has the one that um, was that started slavery. The cis white male has done the wars. It's all been the cis white male. Reason why? Because cis white male has been in charge. They've made the rules. They've made the laws. So every negative thing that's happened on this earth has been some kind of law or rule that was made by a cis white male. Not saying that women, you know, are perfect, even though, you know, we kind of are. But... You know what I'm saying. So before you come back screaming and yelling at me, think about why you were triggered and see how that works for you. Now, continuing with the cis white male being the top of the food chain, that means that they are very much holding on to their masculinity, which can be understandable. 
even though there are plenty of cis white males out there that are middle class, even lower middle class, or just, you know, middle upper class, if we even have those classes anymore, basically, um, that wake up in the morning, eat breakfast, go to work, come home, eat dinner, go to bed every single day, sometimes living paycheck to paycheck. I'm not saying that every cis white male out there has got an ass ton of money. I'm not saying that every cis white male out there is in charge of the entire world. But what I'm saying is with that masculinity and with that privilege, the cis white male has not had to learn how to hold their keys so that they can walk from one building through a garage to their car without getting sexually assaulted. The cis white male has not gone into a store and had this happen a ton of t all the time. And have a security guard following them around, asking them if they need anything, you know, constantly watching them, thinking that they're going to steal. The cis white male does not go through that. So they've got a lot of privilege, and that privilege has really helped them to kind of just be comfortable and be comfortable within themselves and be comfortable with who they are. Now, though, in this world today, their comfort is being taken away from them. And there's a lot of fighting back, which is understandable. You know, it's it's not easy to have your to have somebody come by and take your comfy pillow. I mean, it's I understand you're gonna want to fight, you want that pillow back, but I mean, hey, sometimes you just gotta give up a pillow when you got thirty others on your bed, you know. Um, <clears throat> so there is a lot of lot of pushback on this. And I do personally believe that there's a lot of pushback on it because these cis white males holding on to that masculinity and the ones that are fighting back, the ones that are, you know, trying to suppress a lot of voices that are going against what they're saying are the ones that are just grasping and holding on to that masculinity like life or death. And that happens. That's fine. However, as a cis white male, there's a lot of stresses. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of things that are just grinding and eating at the cis white male, and they don't have an escape. That brings us into sissifying the cis white male. Now you ask me, how is cisification an escape for the cis white male? Look at it this way. And this is what I firmly believe. This is a hill I will die on. The cis white male has got all of this privilege, all of this power, all of this comfort. They've got 30 pillows around them and it's all theirs and they're so comfy. However, they're alone on that bed. And they may be comfortable, but they're feeling a little overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. They can't have anything to hold on to. There's, there's a lot of pressure on a cis white male because they are the top of the food chain. And I think that a lot of cis white males understand that the problems in the world do lie on them because they created the laws. A lot of cis white males, you know, they'll have businesses and they're in charge of the businesses. Um, so where do they go? How do they release that stress? A lot of cis white males are willingly and openly 
bringing themselves down off of their own platform, being sissified. Yes, they're bringing themselves off of their own platform, the one that they were given from the time of birth. They were handed the pedestal and their little naked butts were laid right on there. And what they've done is they're crawling off of that pedestal and they're accepting the fact that they have a feminine side. They are not as masculine or manly man as the world wants to try to make them. And they enjoy their dresses. They enjoy their panties. They enjoy their humiliation. And they're coming into their own and they're able to release that stress that they've gotten. They're able to release those, all of that shit that is just piled on top of them being a cis white male. They're able to release that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. The choir of angels come down. We are now giving the cis white male a way out in a way to be happy again. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that they're brave enough to come down off that pedestal. That takes a lot of courage to purposely come off of that pedestal. And then the moment they come off of that pedestal, they're standing there and they're like, what do I do? I know I'm not this manly man that I'm acting like. I know I'm not this masculine thing that I'm acting like, but what do I do? How do I live that? And that's where sissifying comes in. That's where sissification comes in. All the male clothing stripped, all the male underwear stripped, the masculinity stripped, chastity, lock, being able to masturbate when they want, stripped, all of it taken away. Anything that would be considered masculine, taken away, 100% taken away. And then what they're left with. They're left with our hand-me-downs, our leftovers. They're left with having to do the things that supposedly women have loved to do. We love to go out there and cook and take care of our man. We love to wear tight-ass corsets 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They are doing everything that the cis white male actually tried to force upon the woman, they're doing. So this is, being a sissy is like penance for the cis white male that actually understands that they need to come off of their pedestal. Now, everybody goes differently on it. Everybody is different. There are a lot of men that are waking up and acknowledging things that are going on and not all of them have come into sissification. You know, others are just standing up and being a voice. Others are, you know, shutting up their perverted little friends like to have their locker room talk all the time. There are a lot out there doing their part. So not every man out there is going to go into sissification, but the ones that do, the ones that come to me or other 
sissy doms and they want to be put in that dress and they want to serve a strong powerful woman and they want to be want to have all of their masculinity stripped from them and they want to be completely raw and have every male privilege taken away from them those i have high respect for which is why i love sissies okay all right so that that is what I was talking about with cisifying the cis white male. And that could be a reason why there's not many of the BIPOC community in cisification because, and this is just a theory of mine, but it could be because they don't have that pedestal. They weren't born and put on that pedestal. They have to kind of find their own pedestal. And even when they do find their own pedestal, it's nowhere near as high as the one that was given to the cis white male. And so it really just depends. And I've always thought that with BDSM, the submissive is always going to submit kind of opposite with how they live. That's just a theory that I've always had. Um, one that has to be very, very talkative at work is going to be one that is a very quiet submissive. Or one that um, has to be very quiet and genteel and and all of that for some reason. I mean, they come in there, maybe they want to be hit and yelled at. I think, I really think that being a submissive, you become opposite of what you are in your um, public life. And that's what happens with cis white males is that when they come into cisification, they are being completely opposite of what they are in their public life. And a lot of sissies, a lot of lifestyle sissies, love to keep that with them because, and this takes it to the next point, cisification is psychological. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of physical that goes with it. But cisification is psychological, mainly psychological, more psychological than it is physical. And I've worked with a lot of sissies and they're like, you know, how can I make this a lifestyle? You know, I'm married. I have kids. I have a job. How can I make this a lifestyle? There's a lot of ways to make it a lifestyle because it is psychological. A sissy could be standing there in the boardroom and they could be spouting numbers left and right about how great the company is doing or what they need to work on and, you know, whatever they're doing. And in their pocket, they could have a pair of their pretty little sissy panties. And they could have their hand in their pocket, and they could just rub on those panties. And that psychologically reminds the sissy of who they really are. That what they're doing at that time is just a facade. It's not real. They're not a man. Because all that masculinity was stripped away. It's taken away. Either I have it, or another sissy dom has it. But it's stripped away. It's gone. So there's a lot to sissification. There's a lot to cross-dressing, feminizing males, all of that. There's a lot to it. But as I stated, sissifying the cis white male, that is something that is needed for a lot of cis white males that do recognize their privilege because they're able to come down off of that pedestal and push all of those pillows away from them 
and stand there and be the vulnerable human that they really are. So there you go. Wasn't that bad, was it? Maybe it was. Maybe there's some out there being triggered and being all said, oh my gosh, she's talking about this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, you know, I give a fuck. It's pretty interesting, though. I did put out a um, Twitter poll. I think I mentioned this earlier. I did put out a Twitter poll. And I put out there, you know, does it anger you? Or do you know about it or anything like that? And it's funny because it was, I want to say that my... I'll put it up here. You'll be able to see it. But the overall answer was, I never really thought about it. And that was one of the choices, you know, does it bother you or does it not bother you? And the last choices I never really thought about. And that was the overall answer, which I find very interesting that they don't even really, that a lot of people don't even really think about it. A lot of the cis white males don't even really think about being called a cis white male, um, being negative or bothering them kind of tells you where we are with all of this, doesn't it? I think so. So I do have a question that I want to get to. Oh, that was a lot to unpack. I felt kind of a little, whoo, Sonia darling, oh my God. All right. I do have a comment or a question to get to. Um, this is from Peggy Frost on YouTube. Let me get to it. There it is. I enjoy being physically weak. Queen. Not unhealthy weak, but being small and delicate and not a lot of muscle. Thin arms and as little muscle definition as possible. It's difficult to feel masculine when you are the weakest person in the room, and that includes the woman as well. I don't see a lot of muscle reduction in the internet, on the internet as far as sissy play. Any thoughts on that? Hey, muscle reduction. I'm not qualified. I've read, I read this comment when you posted it on YouTube, Peggy, and um, honestly, I'm not qualified. I'm not nowhere near qualified to answer that question. Um, the only thing I could say is that, you know, your body is your body, and how your body is made is how it's going to be. You know, we, we're never going to be... Let me say this. This could be a triggering for a lot of people. And I don't want to do that. Let me just put it like this. you got to be careful with your body. You need to have a healthy relationship with food. And you need to accept your body for who it is. Now, I know that you don't want to be buff and all arny and all that stuff. So don't work out. I mean, don't, don't do strength training. Don't go out there to a gym lifting a ton of weights. Do your cardio. But stay healthy, and you have to eat healthy food. And if your body is still going to produce some muscle, it's going to produce some muscle. Do not try to take it away because that's unhealthy. And that's probably why you're not finding a lot of information about it. I do not want my sissies to be unhealthy just because you want to be small and weak. And you're small and weak. Look at me, I'm 5'10", I'm a plus-size woman. So obviously compared to me, you're very small and weak. Deal with it. But yeah, so be careful, Peggy. I'm I'm a little concerned 
about the question, so maybe I'm just reading into it more than I should, but, you know, have a healthy relationship with food, and, you know, if you don't want to have the muscles, don't do strength training, don't work out, just do a lot of cardio, you know, leave it at that, and see where your body takes you. If you're asking, this is the other other thing that I was wondering about, if you're asking about HRT and stuff like that, you know, weakening your muscles, if that was, would be a good thing to jump on. Um, there's only so far you can go on HRT without having to go to a doctor. So the herbs and all that are out there for um, kind of HRT replacement, I guess. It's kind of weird. Hormone replacement therapy replacements. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> Um, the HRT supplements that are out there, you know, the herbs and all of that, they're not going to weaken you down. They are going to do little changes here and there, but they're not going to weaken you down. You can always go to my podcast and hear more about HRT. But, um, if you're talking about taking HRT to try to weaken your muscles and all of that, you're going to have to go to a doctor for one and two. There are women out there that could take my beautiful plus-sized ass and break me in half with their muscles. So it's all about the body, you know. Just because you take an estrogen does not necessarily mean you're going to get weak. Sorry. So that's it. That's all we got tonight or today or tomorrow, however it is. You can tell I'm recording at night. It was fun. It was enjoyable. I hope that y'all's little fear of what I was going to be talking about with the cis white male has been taken care of. Um, and I hope to get the training site done soon and see everybody joining it. Uh, join my Patreon and you'll be able to be able to talk to me more. You'll be able to ask more questions. You'll be able to also get a recording once a week from me. My audios are posted once a week on Patreon, so make sure you join my Patreon. And after that, be good. Mwah. Toodles.